Thursday. Yesterday was Christmas. It was way too hectic. The days leading up to it were just filled with a lot of excitement and positive busyness that I didn't get a chance to record. So here I am on Boxing Day trying to get you guys out something that you'll enjoy, especially because it's the last episode of the year. 2019 is almost over, my friends. I hope you guys are feeling good about that and feeling optimistic about the new decade, the new year, 2020. Like all the pastors are about to tell you, oh, 2020 vision, because you know, (laughs) it just kind of blends in seamlessly. But yes, I hope you guys are preparing to really see clearly what you want to do in this new decade and just prepare yourself accordingly. And for those of you who celebrate Merry Christmas. It's late one day, but still, Merry Christmas. I hope you guys were able to spend time with your family and friends and loved ones. Even those of you who don't celebrate Christmas, the holidays are a perfect opportunity to get out there, make time for people who you've maybe wanted to make time for, but because of life and how it comes at you so fast, you haven't been able to. I hope you guys are just eating a lot of good food, loving people, and just being super happy. Um... It's been an amazing journey so far, this whole podcasting thing. And I'm grateful and thankful to all of you guys who tune in to me week after week, who give me your positive feedback, who are just supportive. Um, It means the world to me. I love to talk. It's just what I do. I'm really bubbly and I love to interact with people. So having this outlet that is pretty much me getting to do the things I love for 30 minutes a day and connecting with even more people than just my inner circle is something that I'm super grateful and thankful for. And I'm thankful for the fact that you guys listen because you don't have to. I could sit here and talk every single week and no one will be here. But the fact that you guys continue to listen all over the world, like some of the countries, I'm like, how did you guys find my podcast? But thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I I cannot begin to express my gratitude for you guys and for the fact that you guys continue to come through for me and I hope you guys continue to stick around in the new year and that you that my content is something that is applicable and beneficial to you and if you have anything that you want me to talk about I know I always say or I try to say at the end of most episodes that you can slide into my DMs to ask me questions but if you have topic suggestions or something that you'd want to hear my take on or something that's happening in popular culture that you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to let me know about that too. I'm, I want to produce content that is beneficial to the listeners. And the best way I can do that is for you guys to communicate with me and let me know what you want to hear, what you like, what you, where you want me to go. And I'll try my best to accommodate all of that for you guys. Um, I hope you guys had a chance to meditate on the words to live by for last week, which were forgiveness is a selfish act. And this week actually tested this so badly. Like (laughs) I can't even begin to explain how much this was tested because yes, forgiveness is a selfish act and we forgive and we should forgive for our own peace, not because we've gotten apologies, but what comes with not having the closure of an apology or true remorse from someone that you felt has offended you is the the potential for them to re-enter your life in one way shape or form and if you still have that 
and based on the fact that it hasn't been reconciled between both of you, you've kind of only reconciled it on your side, it can actually bring up anger again, even though you've forgiven someone, you know? Um, and that's the thing about forgiveness and most situations is that they need to be tested because I can say in theory that I've forgiven you and I may have actually forgiven you in that I don't hold grudges or the thought of that person doesn't bring me intense anger. But when that person is face to face with you, some of those feelings just start to rush back, like the anger and everything. And what I found is that in moments like that, where you believe that you've chosen forgiveness and you've given someone forgiveness, but now they're in your face and, or talking to you or trying to message you or doing something that is really aggravating you and boiling your blood. I think it's important that in those moments you choose peace. So choosing peace is deciding that, yes, I could pop off and I'd probably be justified in doing so, but I'm not going to do that because it's going to pull me out of my peace. And I was actually having this conversation with a few friends of mine where um, we were both dealing with situations where people who we no longer no longer wanted to associate with were coming back into our lives for the holidays. And we were just like, what's going on here? And... I and it would have been justified to give negative responses or like pop off essentially like negative responses is the political politically correct way of saying pop off but what we decided was that if we were to go with the negative response route what could happen is that that person could continue to aggravate us and pull us into a place that we've worked so hard to get out of so instead of even opening a door or falling into the trap of giving someone what they deserve or telling someone a piece of their our mind we chose peace and i think that's what we need to choose often because when we are how do i say this when we're in situations where anger can be justified and what we say will not be out of pocket because that person deserves it we it's time for us to step back from that anger and giving someone what they deserve and determine what we deserve. Because yes, someone may deserve to hear a piece of your mind, but in giving that person a piece of your mind, are you going to be hyped up and angry for the rest of the day? And if the answer is yes, don't you deserve happiness and peace and calm? So at that point now, the selfish act of forgiveness is you deciding not to tell someone what you know they need to hear in or in exchange for you maintaining this place that you've worked so hard to be at so it's a lot it's a lot and and i think during the end of the year especially is when we really reflect on the year and we reflect on the goods and the bads and some of those bads just piss you off again and they make you upset again but and in those moments you might want to give someone those last words for the decade so that you can start fresh but those are the times where you need to really pull it out of of yourself the maturity to choose peace in its abundance in its boringness in its calm and mundane act because it's not fun to be hyped up all the time it, it really isn't even if you give someone what they deserve and you hit those punchlines, the the aftershock of how you're gonna feel because you've allowed yourself to get back to that place usually isn't worth it so yeah i hope that really helps you guys and that 
as you're meditating on the end of this year and meditating on the past year and the past decade that you really try to take the selfish route every single time who cares what they deserve it's not necessarily our responsibility to be someone's karma i find that the way karma works someone's going to get it from somebody else i don't need to be the judge jury and executioner of of people's bad behavior at all times i'm gonna get right into the episode for this week our talk and this talk is gonna be about post-traumatic growth so um so the term post-traumatic growth does not belong to me, but I have, uh, well, I created a definition for it just for the sake of this episode. And that definition is the subsequent elevation that is a result of facing trials and adversity. And where I actually heard the term post-traumatic growth for the, for, well, ever, it's the only time I've ever heard it. I don't know if it exists outside of this, so don't quote me or don't. Don't say that I'm giving, not giving credit where it's due because I don't know where the credit's due except for the one place I've heard it. So there's a Canadian singer slash rapper named Toby and he has this amazing album that he just dropped this year. It's called Still and the first song in the album is called Growth. And within the first few lines of the song, he says he calls this post-traumatic growth. And the moment I heard that statement, it just resonated. I I was in the car, I was actually driving and my phone was on shuffle. And for whatever reason, I have heard the album multiple times. It just kind of stuck out to me. And I'm like, this is the definition of what 2019 has been to me. It has been a season or a year of post-traumatic growth. And this episode, I know I've been telling you guys that I'm going to tell you the story of 2019. It happened to me, but it was actually one of the most difficult episodes to write which is probably why I couldn't even get around to recording it prior to Christmas to get it out for you on time and the reason why it's been difficult to write is because there in life we have many characters people in our lives who do good who do bad and what I never want to do in discussing my own personal situation which I'm justified to discuss is negatively impact other people's lives through my words and my personal experiences. So writing this episode or coming up with exactly what I'm going to talk about and how I'm going to talk about it, it, I really had to take in privacy. I had to take in respect and just people's lives in general because my podcast is listened to by people who don't know me, but it's also listened to by people who do know me and who may know the characters in my life. And the last thing I'd ever want to do is slander somebody or expose things that are private or intimate just for the sake of getting an episode out I think when our words are very powerful and in using them it's important to understand the power that we possess and take that into consideration just like when I told you guys not to weaponize your gifts my ability to speak and say things and place words in certain orders is one of my gifts I believe and in having that gift I have to be very mindful of the fact that some people don't want their lives talked about and some people don't want their situations talked about so I it took me a while but I think I've come to a good balance of explaining to you guys what I think is important about this year more importantly my takeaways of the year while also maintaining the respect and privacy of anybody who is 
in connection to me and through that in connection to the life I've lived in 2019. Um, so yes, post-traumatic growth describes 2019 for me. Um, I'm going to talk a bit about the trauma, but then talk about how I kind of got to where I am today, which I believe is the best version of myself that I've ever been in my life. And I know growth is, um, growth has momentum. So every year you should be growing, but I don't feel like it necessarily works like that. It's a cool theory. And yes, we grow in certain ways, but becoming the best versions of ourselves is not necessarily something that we do all the time. So the first, I think there are two main traumas that happened this year. And a third, that was a decision of mine that based on the other two traumatic experiences that I went through was a little bit traumatic, but at the end, everything just kind of worked out the way it, it should have. And in a way that I'm super, super grateful for. So the first trauma was that I lost my dad in January. So I am very, very family oriented. I think I've said that multiple times on this podcast. So my father was sick and he passed away on the 16th of January. And that was, I'd say, yes, absolutely. That was the worst thing that could have happened. A very unexpected thing and extremely, extremely traumatic. I live at home with my parents and my sister and I'm super close to my family, especially my immediate family. So um, the loss of my dad was something that was extremely traumatizing. And prior to my dad's passing, I was feeling very disconnected at work. I was feeling, I loved my job. I love the people I work with till this day. I adore them. They're amazing, nice, loving, caring people. And what I found is that every single day when I would go to work, my mind would be somewhere else to the point where I would write poetry on sticky notes, poetry on company letterhead, fold them up and throw them in my purse every single day. I wasn't, I wasn't attentive and I wasn't there. And I decided that if I wasn't going to be there fully, I don't, I felt like I didn't need to be there at all. And this is a crazy risk to some, and especially because it kind of happened impromptu because I was, I hadn't been planning my great escape and saving up money for this moment. But when I felt that push, I felt that there was nothing else I could do but leave because if I didn't leave, I was going to become so disinterested and also so disconnected from work that my my quality of my work would drop substantially and in that drop would be them firing me <laughs> like pretty much point blank period they would have fired me if I stayed there any longer because I could see my decline in everything I couldn't pay attention I couldn't focus things that I've been doing for two years that were second nature I was now making like very clumsy mistakes just because I wasn't mentally there so Prior to my dad passing away, I had actually told him and my mom, my sister, and my aunt and uncle that I was thinking of quitting my job. And some people were like, why? Where, what are you going to do exactly? Where, um, are you applying for another job? And I'm like, no, I'm not applying for another job. I'm going to be the job. And so once my dad passed away, I had, prior to that, I had already had a date in mind 
of when I would quit my job. So that was going to be the 25th of January. So when my dad passed on the 16th, I could no longer go to work. And oddly enough, the day that my bereavement ended was the 25th of January. And I just think this is divine because everything kind of falls into place the way it should. So the day I got back, I handed in my two weeks notice and my last day of work would have, um, was February 8th. I gave them two weeks notice. The second traumatic thing that happened in the process of all of this was that, um, I was in a relationship that had been longstanding, um, over, over five years long of a relationship. And while all these changes were happening in January, I was also starting to notice that this relationship was kind of dying at, at the same time. I don't know how else to put it. It was just no longer going the way I wanted it to go. And I was trying very hard to fix it or hold on to it, but I couldn't. And um, what I found, especially now thinking back, is that I have issues with control. And I think it's important for us to kind of see the character traits that really push us and propel us and understand how certain characteristics that we have may be detrimental in certain situations, especially when they they are more propelling and more powerful than our common sense. So um, how how do I put this? So my dad passed away. I couldn't do anything about it. My relationship was... I could see the decline of my relationship and because of my need for control and my need to kind of have things the way I want them to be, I was trying to hold on to that relationship when, or trying to make it work and trying to fix things and trying to, trying to save something that was essentially dead. That's what I was doing because in my eyes, I saw that my father had passed and I couldn't do anything to control that. And now this relationship is dying and I'm watching it die. And I, since I had, I was very powerless in the situation of my father, I was now looking for a way to hold on to this relationship and try to save it. Whereas when, sometimes when things are dying, you just need to let them die and go because they're no longer, they're dying for a reason. And there's no reason for you to hold on to those things. But that's where my need for control and the fact that I felt that everything was kind of falling out of place came in and kicked in above my common sense. Now that I'm out of it, I can see that. In the moment, no one could tell me that. No one could justify to me that I wasn't doing the right thing. So the decline of my relationship started in February and my last day of work was February 8th. So that that's why I say there's two traumatic things. So the two traumatic things are the um, losing my dad and losing my relationship. And the semi-traumatic thing was quitting my job although I'm the one who made that decision and I stand by it till this day there's absolutely no regret the reason why I feel like that was kind of added into the mix of the trauma was based on the fact that everything in my life was changing all the things on January 1st that I knew to be true by I'd say the the 28th of February no longer stood and for someone who likes control, as I said, this is difficult. And for anybody in general, when your life kind of 180s on itself, there is, uh, it's very hard to reconcile. And you feel like you're grasping for straws. You're grasping for any semblance of normalcy, whereas that's no longer, everything you thought to, to be normal is no longer what stands as fact as at this point in your life. So with all of this trauma, 
I, I can confidently say that I hit rock bottom. I hit it so hard. <laughs> like I, I, and I could, and this laugh is not a nervous laugh. It's a laugh because of moving past something so far that, that it doesn't even stand and hold the same weight that it does. But I hit rock bottom so hard that, that there was nothing to do but go up. And that's, and I think one of the things that really helped me or two of the things that really helped me get out of a negative place or stay in a negative place, because yes, the first three months of this year were extremely dark, but I'd say the two things that helped me were my ego and my faith in God. And the reason why I say my ego is because I coined this term, I think probably probably in March, I called it my L threshold. So for those of you who don't know what an L is, an L is a loss. So I realized that I have a, based on my ego and the fact that I don't like to be a victim because I just like to be super tough and that's not realistic, but that's neither here nor there. But based on my ego, I have a threshold of the amount of losses or L's that I can take. So for me, Losing my father and losing my relationship were, I hit my threshold in the first quarter of this year. And I'm like, these are two things that I, that I, that I tried for, but they were ultimately out of my hands. So I'm not going to take any more L's this year. And that may sound crazy to people, but I think that the power of your mind, like what you think in your mind and your mindset is 80% of the battle. When you decide you're not gonna be a victim you just find a way of taking any situation you're in and flipping it and using it to transcend. And um, the other major factor was my faith and God. Um, And shout out to um, my sister Carlene in China. At the point where things were really tough, she actually sent us a devotional. Um, It's a daily devotional. And I've... Sorry for that sound. I don't know what's happening outside my window. Um, But... It was a daily devotional by Joyce Myers called Trusting God Day by Day. And I would I read this religiously and I'm still reading it to the point where I'm going to gift it to somebody at the end of this year because I feel like it was extremely transformational. So I realized that this is my life. I have no... It has happened the way it has happened. I, I have no control over these things. But what I do have control over is my outlook and my mindset on how I'm going to react and what I can do. Because when you when you start to blame everyone around you for the things that are going on in your life, even if they are justified in holding some of that blame, you, get, you put yourself in a powerless position because if you're telling them everything, if you put everything on, this person hasn't done this, this person made me feel like this, that means you have no control over your life. And it means that your life kind of just goes with the flow because... It's all these mean and horrible people around you who are who are making things tough for you or all these bad situations. But there comes a point where you have to regain your power and and push and know that, yes, you can't do everything. And yes, there are some things that will be out of your control. But the ones that are in your control, it is your responsibility to to act on those things because not everything will be the fault of others where you're a helpless victim. So my faith just really, really changed my perspective on a lot of things. I started reading the Bible. I had more, 
um, morning devotion. And in doing that, I just discovered through Christ, the power that I truly possess through by proxy of just being in a, in association to Jesus Christ, that I could take things into my own hands and turn beauty into ashes. Pretty much that's what I did. So post-traumatic growth to me is also turning beauty, no, getting beauty from ashes. So everything kind of went down. I hit rock bottom and I decided that I wasn't going to take any more L's and that this is this is my reality right now, but I don't have to stay here any longer than necessary. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. And what happened when I hit rock bottom and came to terms with the fact that I have power to change my own situation and I have God and I have family and amazing people around me is that I decided that since we were at the bottom and since <laughs> and since there was nothing left, this was the perfect opportunity for me to rebuild. And when I say I rebuilt, I mean, I took, I broke down every single part of me. I broke down my attitude into, it was just, I don't know how to put it. Okay. It was self-surgery. I think that's the best way to do it. I was down in a place where I didn't think I'd be in the first two months of the year or the first three or four months of the year. And since I was already down there and the ground was hard and it wasn't getting any lower, I decided that on my way back up, I was going to make sure that every single part of me was, was at its top-notch peak. And what this was for me was taking into consideration my character and my attitude more than anything. And I, I think I've actually talked about it that I journal and every single month I pick a character trait that I think I, I'm not the best at or an attitude or a philosophy in my mind that I've trained myself to kind of, a way that I've trained myself to think that I don't think is beneficial long-term. And I consciously work on fixing these things month after month. And that's what I did from, I'd say, February all the way till this till right now in December. And one of the things that I feel really flipped my life on its head, which was, I'd say, the most scary in this whole process of self-surgery and post-traumatic growth, was that I decided that the fear of repeating any of my life decisions that I have in the past that have caused me pain were not going to cripple me from trying again. And I feel that when we go through traumatic experiences, especially with relationships and heartbreak, what happens is that we say, I never want to feel this pain again. And because of that, I'm going to lock people off and I'm going to be cold. I'm not going to be loving. I'm not going to be caring. I'm not going to be affectionate. And going back to my episode last week on 10 for 10, where I said that I didn't change my personality. I changed people's access to me. I think this was actually a defining moment for me because when you've given all that you think you can to any situation at all, and it doesn't go in the direction that you had hoped it would, it really makes you feel like, it, it makes you feel devastated. I don't know any other word to use. It's extremely devastating and disappointing when to put all your eggs in a basket and then find out that basket has a hole in the bottom <laughs> and your eggs are scrambled on the floor. But when that happens... Most people would go the route of, I'm never, I'm going to be a savage. I'm, people don't deserve the good parts of me. But I feel that 
the good parts of me are what make me amazing. So, and there are going to be amazing people out there who deserve the good parts of you because when one person does something that you don't expect and we magnify that one person so much that we don't stop and turn around and see all the people who are surrounding us who are still amazing, good people, it's, it's a disservice to them and a slap in the face, just like I said last week. So what I decided was that my, I wasn't going to allow the fear of repeating a negative experience or going through heartbreak again or having my eggs in one basket and it fall um it falling through i wasn't going to allow that to stop me from trying again in any situation so what i did for the rest of the year was that i took risks in every single aspect of my life that i could think of anything that i had done in the past if it was an application to a program that i got rejected from i applied again if it was a friendship that I that I had tried and put effort into, but I didn't feel like it was going the way it should that I had locked off, but I still cared about the person. I tried again and again and again and again. And this is what I did throughout this whole year that I feel got me to where I am today. And what I find is that, especially this year, all of the sad and unfavorable things that happened all worked out for my good. And It's cute to say when you're outside of those sad moments, because if someone were to have patted me on the back in mid-February and been like, girl, don't worry, everything works out for your good. I'd be like, can you please get out of my face? I don't (laughs) I don't want to hear it. And I know that's how most of us are, because when you're in the thick of things, it's very hard to see outside of that fog. But when you get to the other side of the fog, and it's bright and clear, and there's rainbows and all the greatness of life, you realize exactly why you had to go through what it was. And for me this year, the the traumas of Q1, I'll call them the traumas of Q1, (laughs) um, are the reason why I am where I am today. It's the reason why I have this podcast that I have today. It's the reason why I've become this version of myself that I love and like, you know, because it's interesting because we live our lives every day as ourselves, because who else are we going to live it as? Even if you're living a fake life, you're living through, through your eyes. We're not in a, we're the only perspective we have is from our inside out. And it's interesting to consider the fact that we live day in and day out. And if we stop to ask ourselves, do you like, dear me, do you like me? Or do you love me? The answer may not necessarily be yes. And it often isn't yes. And it's a question that we don't even think is necessary to ask. Maybe because I'm living anyway. Do I have to necessarily like myself? But when you stop and break break down the importance of truly being a full and whole person that you like, it changes your whole dynamic and it changes the way that you perceive the world and what you put out there. So for me... I decided this year after Q1 that I wanted to become the best version of myself since we're starting from the bottom. And what happened is that it was um, a very difficult at first mindset shift that I feel changed the trajectory of my whole life. If I didn't make the decisions that I made in probably March, April to become this version of myself, I think where my life would be in the next five years would be much 
very, very different to where I think I'm heading towards now. And what I find with that is that the energy that you put out there also has a way of coming back to you. And one of the things I can remember vividly was that when I wanted to start Tokes Inc., which is my incorporation, um, so I incorporated through like the government of Canada website, whatever, whatever. And okay, um, 2018 in March, something just told me, oh, um, start a business, but like a, a personal business. So I named it Tokes Talks. So pretty much in advance of the Tokes Talks that I have now that I do all my multimedia type of stuff through, I had made a personal sole proprietorship of Tokes Talks back in 2018. Never did anything with it. I think I didn't even open the letter when it came. Something was just pushing me to do it. And that's why it's also important to listen to your gut because your gut knows. So fast forward back to the 17th of May this year when I decided to incorporate Tokes Inc. So part of the Canadian incorporation process is that um, when you put the name you want to incorporate, and I didn't want anything else. I didn't want it to be Tokes Ayinla Inc. I didn't want Tokes Talks Inc. I wanted to incorporate Tokes. Like I said, I wanted to be an incorporation. I mean, a corporation. So when I was now doing the process, there's a part where you have to look for... Um, put your, the name you want into a system and it's going to determine whether there's any similar names in in like the Canadian business sphere that is too close in resemblance to yours that could hinder you from getting access to that name. I guess maybe for copyright infringement or whatever it is. So when I now put in Tokes, a bunch of Tokes companies popped up. One of them being Tokes Talks. There was like Tokes Daycare, Tokes music, a bunch of different stuff. And as destiny would have it, they rejected. Um, so I, I saw that a bunch of stuff came up and I'm like, Oh, there's mine too. I just moved on. So I applied for the name and within 10 minutes, I got an email that said, um, name request rejection or something along those lines. And when I, I was like, are you kidding me? I just want this. Can I get one good thing? <laughs> so, um, when I now opened the email, it said, um, dear, whatever, whatever, your name is in, um, is too close to a certain, um, to other names of companies that are already established in Canada, in particular Tokes Talks. We will require you to contact the owner of this company to get permission to use the name that you want to use. And I literally laughed out loud in bed because if I hadn't, gone with my instinct in 2018 to create a random sole proprietorship that I never used, chances are that they would have told me to contact one of the other companies that have the name Tokes in it, would asking them for written consent to use the name. And if you guys know how names and copyrights go, in order for them to give me written consent, it wouldn't be a far stretch for them to ask me for $10,000 to use the name. Or for them to go behind my back and just create Tokes Inc. for themselves and then I lose access. But the fact that I was told to ask myself for permission to get my name was just was just the result of my obedience and the result of following my instincts a year and three months prior, which was just mind-blowing. So that was when I saw that that had happened. And I immediately sent them an email with the um, business number saying, I'm the owner of this business. I give myself permission. Give me my name. <laughs> give me my name. Give me my name. It was 
it was just another reassurance that I was on the right path. And another thing that I did was um, my friend was having a, an event called Network and Mingle. I've, I've been to two of them. Well, she's had two and I've been a vendor at both. So her first, her first network, network and Mingle event was in May of this year as well. May was a good year, guys. Um, <laughs> and in that one of the things that were required for being a vendor because duh was a business card. So when I decided to make my business card for Tokes Talks, because at this point Tokes Inc. Inc was already a thing and I was trying to get into Tokes Talks. This is prior to, I think this was maybe a week after my first podcast episode because it was one of the things I wanted to do. So when I created the card, I'm like, do I want to create a card that's just for who I am right now? Just like a quick, maybe 50 copies, or do I want to create 500 copies of car of a card that of who I think I'll be. So I decided to go with who I think I'll who I think I'll be based on the work I know I'm going to put in. So on the card I wrote pot, podcast host, mentor um motivational speaker and author. Mind you, I had recorded the first episode of Tokes Talks podcast, hadn't even posted it had thought about my book and had never even had a speaking engagement. But I wrote all of these things on this card printed out like I think 300 copies and was handing them out to all the people at the event. And I kid you not, here we are in December, 2019. And every single thing that I wrote on that card as what I wanted to become has, has come to pass. I've become every single one of those things, not, not just because of talent or anything. Cause I always tell you guys, I'm not special. I'm very, very regular. I'm I'm normal and I'm partly lazy half the time, but because I just decided that L threshold, ego and faith were going to push me through to become all of these things. And it's interesting because maybe if I hadn't written those on the cards and handed them out to people in advance, I may have not had the push to necessarily do those things. But the fact that I decided, I know I'm on my way to this thing. I'm not there yet, but I know where I'm going and I'm going to let people know where I'm going. Maybe so they could hold me accountable or maybe because my ego won't let me slack once I've told people my plans, but whatever it was, it allowed me to, to push, to become that thing. And along the way of this year, many more things happened. Like you guys know, I became an author. I released my book through my brown eyes and the, the sheer love and support and the way that that book has been touching lives is something that I never would have expected. And I'm humbled by everything I've become this year. And I'm grateful to each and every one of you guys. If you've purchased my book, cool. If you haven't purchased my book, cool. The fact that you're even listening to me go on for 40 minutes about what 2019 was to me is more than enough. And what I want to continue to do is is really talk honestly and openly with you guys about life and the way I see it based on the things I've experienced because the way this year went for me is not is not luck it's not happenstance I didn't fall into it one I had the favor of God I had the grace of God and I also had the sheer willpower to push and there were times where that push was slacking where I know I should have done more but I didn't but I always tried to keep pushing forward and moving forward and what I can say about post-traumatic growth and what it has done for me in the year 2019 in this last episode of my podcast for the year is that 
it has healed me and that I am truly grateful for every single thing that has been brought about by this year. And as I said, if you asked me that in Q1, I'd be like, pipe down. The only loss that that cannot be replaced in my life is the death of my father. Every other thing, any other person that I've lost this year, I feel like had served their purpose. And I'm grateful for the time that we that we had together. And th- that's the thing. I, I lost a relationship this year, but there were all, also other people in and out of my life that I lost this year. I lost respect for a lot of people. I, I blocked access of a lot of people to me. I was very blunt. And one of the things, yes, that I did this year that I usually don't do, that's, that's very outside of my character, is that I asked explicitly for what I wanted. I shot so many shots this year, like coming, sending emails to people cold emails to random strangers, mailing my books to people that I think will enjoy it, like celebrities that I've never met before. At the most, someone can say no and you'll be exactly where you are. And at the best, they'll say yes and it'll move you forward. It might not move you completely. It might not project you to exactly where you want to be, but it'll be a forward motion. But I no longer look at rejection as a negative thing. And in doing that, I've opened up so many doors so many amazing people in my life so many I've met new people and my standards in relationships in friendships have changed dramatically just because I've been open to giving people access to me and not taking my past traumas or the things that have hurt me and the fear of repeating those and using it as a way to block myself from entering into things and using it as a safety blanket right now I yes I still have ego in the sense of of I never want to be a victim but when it comes to ego in the sense of oh I'm too good for that or I'm not gonna take that risk because what if they reject me I don't have that I have no fear of rejection at this point I'm gonna shoot my shot and if it misses I'm gonna run up to the ball pick it up again set myself up and take another shot over and over and over until one of those shots lands exactly where it needs to be. And I'll be grateful for all the ones that missed because this is where exactly I need to be. So I think I'm going to wrap this up now with that. And the last thing I really want to tell you guys to maybe do if you can is ask yourself if you're happy. And This is something that I actually started doing this year as well because this year was just 180. Another thing, I I had a haircut, a perm, like a perm short haircut for the past decade. Now I'm natural with braids. Like everything that I knew to be fact January 1st is almost no longer fact today on the 26th of December. And I have not one regret about any of these things whatsoever so ask yourself are you happy even ask your friends if they're happy these days when I check on my friends and I see how they're doing it's not just hey what's up I literally take the time to ask are you happy and when you ask this question to yourself you'll realize just how loaded of a question it is and how many implications it actually has because we go through the motions. We go through, we wake up every day, our alarm wakes us up, we go to work, we say hi to those coworkers, we go for lunch, we come back to work, we go home, talk to your family, 
go to bed and do it again and again and again and again. And if we don't stop to ask ourselves if we're really happy, we we won't even realize the depth of that question. Happy sounds like the most simple, mundane, basic word. But when you really think of what happiness represents, especially in in relation to our lives, you'll realize that it's a very, very heavy, heavy statement and it means a lot. So what I really want you guys to do is look at your year. Like this is reflection period. So look at your year, look at where you started, look at where you are. Is it where you want to be? If it's not, adjust accordingly for next year and for the rest of this year. We still have a few days left. We have six, I believe. We still have a few days left. So there, nothing's gone. You don't have to wait till January 1st to implement. Implement, decide what you want to do today and implement them on the 27th. You have a head start. Like th- there doesn't need to be, you don't need to wait for the perfect moment because those never exist. So, and if the things you're implementing or if the things you had set as goals haven't happened, don't just be disappointed in the fact that they haven't happened. Look at what has happened instead and how those things may have benefited you. Because as I said, when everything's going right, we sometimes still have a way of magnifying the one thing that has going wrong. So much so that we become an ingrate to all the goodness around us. And I don't want you guys to be like that. I don't want to be like that. So take a serious self-check. And then once you've looked at your goals and you've gotten over it and you've reassessed, ask yourself if you're happy. And if, and happy in different ways. Are you happy financially? Are you happy emotionally? Are you happy physically? Are you happy with the people around you? Are you happy with your job? Ask yourself this question and write it down one by one. And if the answer is no, try and see if there's a way that you can change that because happiness is cheap, but so expensive because it's easy to give. Like for me, happiness is being around my cousins and my family and just laughing and that's free it costs no money but I know that the lack of that would be so expensive to my life and to my to my joy and to who I am as a person so I want you guys to really take some time to really look at if you're happy and just look at your growth for this past year not all of us would have faced dramatic traumas like I did but I'm sure we've gone through things this year that have been, because life is a roller coaster up and down. And some of those downs may have hit you and you may have stayed down a little longer than you need to, but it's fine. Bounce back and reassess. And this is the time to do what you need to do. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. And that's my words to live by. Are you happy? That's it. <laughs> so um, thank you guys so, so, so much for listening. Thank you guys for sticking around with me for this journey that I'm on and I can't wait to continue it with you guys. Have an amazing, amazing week.